are listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, a podcast for manufacturing marketers brought to you by Cooler Partners. My name is Jeff White and joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you doing, sir? I am running on a gallon and a half of espresso, Jeff. That's, what's, that's how I'm doing. This is, this is what happens when we have a whole bunch of sales calls early in the day. Yeah, or something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it's just been a, it's been an interesting uh, it's been an interesting day, and it's just been one of those, uh, you know, throw the caffeine in. So I don't know whether that means like I'm going to be like really groggy and not able to keep up with today's guest at all, right. or if I'm going to be just jittery and all over the map. So I don't know. It we'll could see. go either way. Yeah. Either but the way. good news is. We have a really good guest today, we do. Uh, which means that even if we suck, the show is still <laughs> going to be good. Uh-oh. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah, no, we're asking you to carry it, sir. <laughs> yeah. As it turns you out. You now have the cooler ring upon your shoulders. <laughs> the burden is I heavy. didn't know we were going to give it away, but uh, here we are. So joining us today is Brian Baker. Brian is the founder at Dodecahedron Design and, uh, and a very experienced manufacturing marketer. Welcome to the cooler ring, Brian. Hey guys, it's really great to talk to you. Yeah, it's awesome to have you on the show, mate. Um, uh, look, I, uh, I think let, let's just uh, jump right into it and um, maybe give our listeners a bit of background. Uh, give them the, the the elevator pitch. Who's Brian anyway? Oh, so I've been doing uh, sort of digital and web stuff since uh, the mid nineteen nineties, which used to seem like the future. Now it's a long, long time ago. Future uh, is what it used to be, my friend. <laughs> Uh, but I, I got involved in the really early days of the internet. I, ha- I was going to actually uh, art art school in uh, Columbus, Ohio, and uh, CompuServe happened to be based there. Uh, I was trying to go. I was trying to go learn uh, computer animation and illustration, and uh, it was really hard to get your hands on uh, those digital tools. First, the computer that could actually do that in those days, and then the software was so expensive. And so, uh, I was you know asking around where can I where can I find these things? I kept running into all these internet people. I was like, what is the internet? Show me what that is and what what does that mean? And I was like, wow, that that looks like it's going to be pretty important. Uh, it kind of you know progressively <laughs> progressively took over. You and Al Gore took over my life. You and Al Gore were early on this. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I I did a lot of fun things early on. I had my own agency for uh, a few years. Uh, worked with a lot of earlier dot-com companies did some work with Travelocity, did some other work in the wider travel industry. Um, and, uh, anyway, long story short, I found myself in the building materials industry a few years, uh, later, I actually started to work with a, uh, roofing company called Elk Corporation, which is a roofing shingle manufacturer that GF purchased in around 2006 or seven ish. I probably have to, you're wrong, but, uh, and I, uh, I actually moved from Dallas up to New Jersey. I was like one of the one only two people that went that direction. Everybody else wanted to get out of New Jersey and go to someplace a little bit warmer and nicer. Uh, but you know, when I landed there, uh, it was they were in a really interesting spot. I mean, I think uh, somebody there told me, you know, digital doesn't matter, right? We always get our share no matter what we do. And uh, you know, the, the lights hadn't really gone on there in terms of the fact that no, you've been selling through the channel for so many years, you've got these relationships with distributors and with contractors, and those are important and valuable, but now you as a brand can reach consumers directly. They're actually looking for your products. Uh, you know, I remember a time where I had to, I had to go in and make a case of senior listener, like, look, here's all the search volume for people looking for these shingles and shingle colors and shingle products. So it's like, we really need to make this investment because you can see all this demand coming in. 
and so we really built uh, out most of GF's digital uh, program, uh, you know, from from scratch uh, in in almost every direction. So you know, through social media, through uh, uh, lead generation programs, to digital media, uh, to you know, just a number of other tools and things that they provide to their their contractors. But one of the most uh, valuable and interesting things we did. And it was actually, you know, there were some folks that were there that were, were pretty smart, right? They, you know, 20 years there before my time, uh, they figured out that they needed to go out and build a uh, certified contractor program uh, because the reputation in the roofing industry was, I think it was like the, out of all the BBB complaints, they were like number, you know, three or something like that. Mm. Uh, and so they wanted to really improve the reputation of the industry. So they reached out to a lot of the folks, they built these training programs, they built a lot of programs to help these folks grow uh, and develop their business. And in that regard, they were they were really far ahead of uh, a number of other folks in the industry. I mean, even today, I still see folks where that light bulb is just going, going on, uh, how to do that. But we took that kind of program because they already had, culturally, they were already aligned around how do we support this network? And we really made that into an online experience, right? I just want to connect the dots for the listeners, because that was what really excited us about bringing you on the show today, is that this notion that there are an awful lot of marketers out there that are um, that struggle with how do they, you know, they go to market through, whether it's a dealer network or an installer base or, uh, you know, some sort of local presence. Um, and how do we uh, you know, grow the market, grow demand for, for, for our products uh, and, and do so in a way that kind of lifts that um, kind of net, local network along with it? So, yeah. uh, I, so I think it's really the, the lessons that are to come here can really broadly apply to so many of those types of categories. Yeah, they really do. Any kind of this kind of model applies to anywhere where you're dealing with a a network of service providers, a network of installers, a network of distributors or dealers, and you know you really can see this sort of similar model uh, working in the health industry, working in uh, you know uh, manufacturing industries. So you know folks like uh, Honeywell and people like that uh, that have a wide uh, network of distribution dealers, parts, service, install, installation centers. Um, you know, one of the, th there's a lot of manufacturers think today, they're trying to figure out, well, how do we sell direct, uh, online? Uh, and I, and it's, it, and everybody's kind of, kind of scared because they're, they're like, we're going to disrupt the channel, right? We're, you know, everything, <laughs> everything is going to, uh, there's going to be this big apocalypse that happens if we go do that. And I think there's really a, a better answer here, right? And that's to, you don't have to completely displace the existing channel, but you can actually sort of line these things up digitally so that they're all working together. So in the case of JF, it was homeowners generally when they started out, they don't know roofing brands. And for a lot of building materials manufacturers, that's going to be the case because so so few of them really make the investment and in kind of mass awareness uh, because it's cost per hit, right? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense for them to do that. Uh, but people would start out searching for a roofing contractor in their locale. So we could see that in the data. And we built this sort of network to intercept those people and preferentially connect them to our network of installers, right, our certified contractors. Uh, and so there, we weren't really trying to displace them or to displace what was there. It's weird. It's like, how do we actually reinforce our channel, right? How do we make them stronger? How do we make those links and relationships so much stronger uh, between our brand and the contractors? And it was really incredible in terms of 
driving loyalty, right? So now I'm not just, you know, pushing these guys to sell my product. I, as a manufacturer, can actually drive business into that network that I can measure and that I can monitor. Uh, and it's also, I'm not really trying to displace distribution there either. If, even if we were to ultimately progress to, uh, which GF didn't do this, but ultimately that could progress into almost like a local marketplace where we're going to put forward these service providers. They're going to be able to scope prices for typically sized jobs or something like that and facilitate that purchase. But it's still, you're not displacing the channel, right? It's uh, the installer is still going to go in and make their margin. The distribution is still going to fulfill uh, uh, delivery uh, for them. Uh, and, you know, the manufacturer, even though they could go direct, right, they don't have to deal with building out a whole distribution network, which is their, <laughs> which is the piece they're missing when they want to go direct. So digitally, I mean, what does this just, what does this look like? Are we talking about a kind of like a search optimized uh, kind of installer finder, something of that nature that's uh, designed to capture kind of end user searches? Yeah, so there's a, a network of about 45,000 or so locally optimized uh, search pages. It's, it's sort of driven dynamically uh, and it intercepts all these queries. If I look for Dallas roofing contractors or Parsippany, which is this town that I'm in, roofing contractors, you'll find those listings for uh, GF's network. And the idea there is, uh, again, property owners are starting out by looking for professionals. So we want to get our brand in front of them as soon as possible so that they understand, you know, so that it looks like oh, this is the brand that we want to go with. This is the, this is the one that everybody uses. Um, and even beyond that, uh, the, that network formed the basis of a backlink network to all these individual uh, contractor websites. We went through a period in about uh, you know, 2008, we had a kind of big economic event there uh, that some folks might remember. Uh, and so everybody was looking to us for, you know, how can, what can we do to help generate and drive leads to these businesses was one challenge. But the other challenge was they couldn't really participate effectively in digital because they didn't have the knowledge uh, or the ability to get their websites ranked in search. And, you know, frankly, there were a lot of competing entities there trying to box them out. So it was like uh, uh, Ser Service Magic, which is now Home Advisor, right? They had gone and registered everybody's business name and made pages for them, whether they had a relationship with them or not. And, uh, and it wasn't just them, it was a whole bunch of uh, different kind of people that went into that lead generation game that boxed these local businesses out. So they were asking us, you know, could we do anything about this? And so we, we figured out that we could create uh, leverage to their, not only to create visibility for our directory, but also for their individual websites. So we had this network effect uh, that really helped uh, folks stack, really helped us stack the deck a little bit. So if a consumer is searching for a roofing contractor in a, in a given locale, Yes, they'll see GF's nice listing. Then there'll be three or four or five contractor websites underneath that. But what the consumer may not see, but which we knew, is those were all our more of our friendly guys that we had sort of stacked the deck with. So uh, it's really creating more and more opportunities for us to sell. Uh, and it also you know, supported those businesses, not just in the dimension of uh, roofing or GAF, but they, some of them have you know, other businesses. So it helped them a little bit more broadly. Um, and that was, that was also very powerful. I really like this, uh, you know, this understanding that you had very early on that, you know, getting our brand, you know, that typically deals directly with installers um, known to the end customer isn't really a game that's worth playing. And that, you know, instead, we'd be much better off kind of going to where the you know, the, the interest is in, in the purchase and going through those installers, because I, I think so often, 
organizations, especially manufacturers, there there can be a bit of ego in the way there where they want to own their brand in some way, shape or form, even though they're potentially being represented by others and, and installers and things like that. But, you know, there's a lot of power in recognizing that, hey, this is where the this is where the interest comes from. And uh, this is what we should tap into and leverage and elevate even more. I think that's really brilliant. Yeah, well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Um, you know, I, I talked to a number of building materials businesses today that it, it's sort of strange. It's like somebody uh, signed up a whole bunch of a dealer network or somebody, you know, 20 or 30 years ago, and they don't really do anything for them. They're all just these kind of, they don't know what happens on the other end, right? They're not really awake to do anything. And this, this is really such a great uh, vehicle uh, for them to activate that network, right? I mean, there's only so much you can do as a manufacturer, there's only so much search volume, right? You've got to get the network working for you. You've got to get people to build businesses around what you're doing to really multiply uh, your effect, multiply your advertising dollars, multiply the number of word of mouth opportunities. Um, and, uh, it, you know, I, I think that uh, as time progresses here, the building materials always, they always surprise me a little bit. They move slower than you, th than you think they will. So like when somebody moves into this space or does something successful, you always think that, Oh my gosh, everyone's going to copy us. Everyone's going to copy us, but they don't, but they don't, right? Cause they're not, you know, the light bulb isn't fully switched on yet. Um, but, uh, I think, uh, if you, if you look at if bringing that network forward and evolving your, uh, website, your manufacturing website into a marketplace that doesn't displace your existing channel, uh, I think that's a really solid path forward and really probably the safest way forward from an e-commerce standpoint. Uh, as folks kind of venture into it. I want to um, kind of unpack this a little bit further. I'm curious, you know, did you see an impact in terms of uh, an ability to attract new installers? Um, did it become, you know, understood in the installer community as an example that, uh, that you folks had a bit of an edge that there was something at play here and therefore it helped you add to your installer base? Um, uh, just curious. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a, that's a plus. So especially it, when you move into, excuse me, some markets were more mature and there were a lot of partners there. So if somebody new comes in, the benefit would be a little bit diminished, but in new markets where we wanted to, uh, to that we wanted to develop, right. And it's like, you can hydrate that, that company with business, with business and with leads, uh, you know, right out of the gate. Yeah, that is, that is very powerful. And it's also just from an attachment standpoint to keep people loyal over a long period of time to your brand. You know, it's, it's not, it's, and it's not actually just the business that you're driving there. You're, you're really creating this loyalty effect. So it's like, oh, well, if they're used to getting leads from you and selling your product, that's actually what they're going to do more often, right. When you're not involved. Uh, and so that attachment, that multiplier effect, uh, was, was really pronounced. Um, but, you know, going through 2008, it was, you know, the fact that we, we kind of did this going through the economic downturn and a lot of these guys were, uh, you know, business was not good, uh, for them. Uh, I mean, they were, they were so appreciative. I mean, it's like you, you know, everybody clapped for you and, you know, they were going to build a statue for you of you. <laughs> uh, and, and that felt really good because, you know, you really genuinely did something to help, uh, these businesses through a hard time. 
Are your digital marketing efforts bringing in too many junk leads? Stop wasting time and distracting your sales team. Account-based marketing can help give your marketing strategy the laser focus on qualified buyers that you need to increase your pipeline velocity, close more deals, and grow your business faster. We've created a sample manufacturing ABM plan to help you get started. Download the sample manufacturing ABM plan at bit.ly slash sample ABM. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash sample ABM. I'd be curious in your work in the building material space more broadly even. I'm just, um, have you found this strategy, how have you found this strategy differs um, uh, when you're dealing maybe with something that's a, 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 a product, a, say a SKU that's maybe a less significant part of that installer's business? So, you know, when you're a roofing, you know, when you're providing roofing to a roofing contractor, the roofing's a pretty big part of the job. <laughs> um, if you were a nail supplier to that, say, I don't know, I'm making it up now because I can tell you I'd, it's been a long time since I've uh, hit a hit a, shing, a, a shingle nail. But, um, uh, but you know, there's other parts of that, uh, I, I guess, components that that installer depends upon that they're maybe less, somewhat less attached to, if you will, a less significant uh, skew in their world. Um, how does the strategy change or evolve when that dynamic's at play? Well, you still want to, you know, promote the individual locations where people can purchase your product and you want to make a good experience uh, there. So it's that could look like, uh, do I have uh, when I take you to a dealer or a, a, a locator on my website, am I just giving you a list of uh, here's just a bunch of text listings and you don't really know anything about where you're going and I don't really know about where I sit here or what happened? Uh, or, you know, can I track that through to where I sent you? Did I relay you to an e-commerce experience that a partner or a dealer, individual dealer has? Uh, did I relay you to a specific person that you need to make contact with there? Do I have that person's picture and information on, on my website so you know who you're going to talk to? Um, those are some things I would think about in that case. It, gets, it does get a bit harder when you're starting to deal with, you know, when you talk about nails, right? So that's a commodity product that has high availability. Uh, so maybe not the best solution and in the case of that other than just meeting some basic needs of where do i go buy this uh it's really in the category of i'm going to buy a certain uh, piece of material and somebody has to install it for me right there's a service component to this uh is really where uh it's going to make it's going to score you the most points i think yeah i'm trying to think about uh in certain categories you maybe is it about like for instance if you're one smaller part of a bigger unit Mm. Um, maybe the search volume that you begin to buy and direct towards an installer base is is a, is a, is bigger than exactly what you sell. If you will. yeah, you know, more, yeah. I'm going down a rap, rabbit hole now. I'm thinking <laughs> of a couple of kind of specific examples in my past and just trying to uh, think it through a little bit. But it doesn't. Uh, 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 I'm unsure of its broad applicability to the audience. Yeah. So I'm happy to stop this line of questioning. <laughs> I I do think though that you know there's the other component. You know you mentioned just how. Uh, um, thankful the installers were for the leads, you know, and for the the partnership that I'm sure they felt they had with GAF. But I mean, on the other on the other side, too, it provides an incredibly powerful tool to the manufacturer to know who their leading um, installers are or who their leading distributors are to be able to see, you know, who's following up on these leads? What are they doing with them? You know, are, are they converting them into a sale? You know, the the power of digital 
to be able to understand the performance of your installer network or dealer network is is massive. Yeah, so once you kind of you put this instrument out there and you can see the sort of search activity or user activity in all these various locales, the data coming off of that, right? It's like red meat to your to your uh, territory managers or your sales force. They're gonna, you know, they'll take that and go, "Wow, I'm I'm really sending this guy a lot of business. I didn't even realize that, right?" And they can use that to twist arms and you know, "Why aren't you closing for me?" Right? What's going on here? What can we do to improve this? Uh, but also just to take that data and, and to go back and just demonstrate, right? Proof of value to these individuals. Here's look look what we did for you, right? Normally you're spending, you know. $10,000 a month at home advisor, but look what we as a manufacturer provide to you. And they're much more qualified leads because we've already moved them through an experience, right? And convinced them to buy this, right? And funneled them down. Uh, and actually that was something else that was was true with us, right? Is the, the leads and, and lines of inquiry that would come through our manufacturing website were so much more valuable to them than, you know, if you pay a home advisor, right? Because the, home, the homeowner had already self-selected into a product. We'd already as a brand endorsed that installer. Uh, it's somebody, here's somebody that we trust uh, and that we know is going to do a good job for you. I'd be curious if you expanded this beyond uh, search towards more uh, kind of more demand gen or paid social, or uh, have you found that this kind of, uh, um, I guess, how, how have you scaled this program? Um, well, that program sort of scaled all the way up to, you know, cover, you know, most United States and Canada uh, with a, with a, you know, fairly sizable installer network of about 3,000 3, folks. Uh, if you were going to think about this in social, uh, that actually is uh, finding, connecting and building that network in social media. So this is, there's sort of some different objectives there, right? Really social media, think of that as your uh, brand voice. Uh, we uh, were also really early in the game there too. We built a, a social network of about 300,000 professionals in the roofing community. The first insight is, uh, you know, a lot of our competitors were trying to appeal to homeowners to get, you know, likes and things. But the challenge for us in roofing is the homeowner is going to buy a roof, you know, once every 30 years. So they have this transient interest in us. So it's like, well, actually, who do we need to talk to on a regular basis? Who has a need to be continuously connected to us? Uh, and so we carefully through experimentation over a long period of time, we found we found the method to kind of systematically pull out who are the roofing contractors and who are the roofing professionals from Facebook and get them connected to us. And it was actually really powerful because we um, we were the first you know roofing manufacturer that we could actually communicate our agenda directly to the market. We could say, hey, here's what we're doing or here's what we did. And then we could say it, everybody would hear us. Uh, you know, there, the trade press was there, but, it, you know, it only had a limited amount of circulation, right? You know, 20, 30, 40,000 people, a lot, and a lot of the, those numbers are pumped up, right? That's how, maybe how many magazines they printed, but then they're sitting in piles. Does anybody pick them up? Does anybody read them? You mean to tell me that every copy isn't read an average of 10 times? <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love that sales I've pitch. I've been lied to. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's a little tough, but you also don't get any feedback from that. You know, you you can get placements in those magazines, but it doesn't really have the feedback mechanism that social media does. So, in social media, I could put out a message, and the audience would tell me, "Is this good? Is this bad?" Or they'd find all the any of the problems with what we're trying to do in about fifteen minutes. Uh, so that was actually really helpful uh, uh, too for us. But beyond that, you know, we put together just a, a way to, where we could 
uh, sort of see what all these folks are that were connected to us we're talking about on a regular basis. You know, there's these sort of uh, social media listening tools where you can, okay, I'm going to put in my brand name and see if anybody's mentioning me. But we had a much broader view. It was actually, let's see everything that's going on because guess what? Everybody's not talking about me every day. They're talking about other stuff. And we were able to take a look at those broad interests. Uh, and, you know, in the roofing contractor space, it was, you know, community, family, uh, military, uh, right? What, are their, what were their core values? And we were really able to put together content campaigns that align to those core values with our brand as a secondary passenger uh, in some of these things. And they resonated really, really well with that audience. So, you know, you collect all these folks together and you listen to, you know, I know this is weird, but listen to what they're saying and listen to what they're interested in. And it can really lead you in uh, some really amazing and, and interesting directions uh, in terms of how you market and how you communicate. Because you're not just thinking about yourself at that point. You're trying to think about what, what's really going to connect to to these people. Uh, some interesting insight there. I was going to ask uh, if there was any kind of secret sauce, if you will, into the development of that uh, roofing community. Uh, and then, of course, you gave me some. So um, that was... Uh... <laughs> That's um that's that's a really uh, kind of I'm curious. Obviously, using social the social media listening tool uh, can help you identify um, you know topics that you think are more likely to resonate, etc. Better hone your content, but of course, it can also help you identify who the people are in the first place that are even ought to be a part of that community. Yeah, that actually was uh, another great uh, effect that we had. So as we sort of pull people in and people started participating, we could actually see who, again, very early on, who were going to be the, uh, you know, probably the future superstars in social media, at least as far as that, at least as big as they become in that that industry. Uh, and we found a lot of really great uh, opportunities uh, uh, early on because we, you know, we would sort of see all the interesting things first and we'd pull them into the company. So like we got involved early on with like, uh, there was a guy doing a program called uh, No Roof Left Behind, and it was like a charity for, uh, uh, you know, if you had elderly people in the community or they couldn't afford to fix or replace their roof, right, they would they would go in and do this. And it was kind of a PR hybrid charity uh, charity thing. So we, we pulled them in uh, and that was that was really successful. Um, and just a, a lot of inter interesting people uh, that you, you would see uh, and kind of seeing how the social media space has uh uh, evolved uh, overall has been interesting. There's um, there's a guy, uh, Dmitry Lipinski, he runs this really interesting channel called Roofing Insights. He's probably the most YouTuber-like uh, of the folks uh, in, in the industry, but it's uh, he's doing, he's nearly, he's got about 50,000 or so, so folks following him. Uh, and he's always got something interesting going on. Well, I think this is uh, really critical for, for marketers to be listening to because you know, some of the, you know, it's for, for a lot of B2C marketers out there, a lot of those competitive spaces, you can't, you know, the, the, some of these, um, some of these tricks aren't really available to you anymore. No. Right. But it, it kind of makes me pine for like the social media days of old, <laughs> right? but, but there are, but, but, but these tricks are available to uh, conservative state industries, which so many manufacturers find themselves in a competitive set uh, yeah. that, isn't particularly progressive yeah. and there's an excellent opportunity to take some of this advice and really leapfrog here it's a it, it's um it, it's it's not always about the uh the new shiniest tool in the no box, it's about looking sure. at how you use those mm. tools and how you 
how you construct the data and what you do with it from there rather than just because it, it would be very easy like you were saying to oh you know who liked you know gaf or or mentioned us when they got a they put up a photo of their new roof or whatever but you know it's the same kind of thing as like you buy a mattress on Amazon or from Endy or, or whatever, and all of a sudden you're now getting all kinds of uh, remarketing to buy another mattress. It's like, this isn't a thing I'm going to buy immediately after I just bought one, exactly. you know, like understand the context. You can't just use retargeting for this every time. So it's, uh, I think it's pretty, uh, pretty interesting to look beyond the, yeah. uh, the basic metrics and, and look for the real value in that data, yeah. the real insight. Yeah, I would I would say there's there's still there's still really a big opportunity across building materials for people to, if, they, if you're in a particular product category and you look around and nobody's kind of the voice of your industry, right? You know, with social media, you can become that uh, in in a hurry. Uh, there's there's nothing really holding me. Like you mentioned nails earlier, I don't I don't know that category super well, but or fastener super well, but uh, you know, if you become the guy that becomes the fastener expert. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a following for that. There's always, uh, people are always looking for expertise, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, on that front, we did have national nail on this show about two years ago, but that was less about the nails themselves and more about the machines they built for, for applying <laughs> right, them. Right. <laughs> so, but still, uh, yeah, Jeff, you have a great memory for past, uh, episodes of this, this show. It's, uh, it's much better than mine. I wonder why that is. <laughs> Ryan, what are you what are you excited about next? What uh, what are you working towards now? Uh, well, uh, believe it or not, the the topic that you asked me to uh, chat about today is, is something I'm working on. So it's like, how do we actually uh, take and create a capability for uh, manufacturers that they could sort of install and sort of a convert, you know, uh, uh, do it for me, right? Get you know, round up my guys, get them in there, uh, and activate this channel for me uh, service. Uh, and I'm also helping out uh, a really uh, neat roofing manufacturer out of uh, Iowa that makes, uh, uh, they make these uh, synthetic roofing shingles and just the products just look uh, unbelievably amazing. They take like this recycled plastic and they pre they pressure mold it with these pigments and uh, it just, and they, they've got these dyes that are cast out of like, you know, from wood originally. And it just pr produces just this gorgeous like product i mean they're like all the way at the at the, at the top end of, of roofing uh so we're taking a look at you know how do we get them adopted uh a little more widely um but uh that's kind of it i guess uh looking further to the future uh if you want to talk about more you know just broad digital trends and things like that i am i'm really excited about uh how this sort of augmented reality space may evolve uh, for building materials. So, you know, you kind of have your phone, you can kind of do it now, but I think there's a, you know, the rumor mill keeps saying that Apple is working on these augmented reality glasses, uh, that they're going to come out with and just what that will do for product visualization, uh, and, uh, installation help and support, uh, I think it's going to be really, really amazing. Uh, because all of a sudden, you know, if you could put these glasses on and this three dimensional overlay will come on, that's that's intelligent enough to understand your environment and showing you where to put all the pieces right now, there's a much wider audience that can adopt and use my product, uh, without any, any support. Right. So that opens up a whole uh, another set of really interesting opportunities. Yeah. It's felt like a technology that has been, um, 
in search of a point well, for a long time, but it really does feel like you know it's that there's time. Some, yeah, and, and you yeah. know that there are some of these applications that make a lot, a lot of sense, right? Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, it does feel like we're a bit on the uh, on the cusp of it. For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like, all right, there's VR, but now like <laughs> AR needs to work. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and I think it can. <laughs> You know, it's like, hey, if the QR code can finally become a real thing thanks to vaccine passports, you know, like, <laughs> exactly. maybe it's time for, uh, it's, for this. Anybody well. can make a comeback if yeah, the QR exactly. code can make a comeback. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, actually, actually speaking speaking about that, I had a I had a really great experience not that long. I got one of these Apple credit cards, and it doesn't have a QR code on it, thankfully. But uh, it, when it, it comes in this neat little package, and it says, "Oh, touch your phone here." And then you touch your phone to the package and it pulls up the thing and starts you through the, through the process. It was really, uh, it was a really fun experience. Uh, and I, th I think um, this idea that you could just take and touch your phone to something and it pulls up the you know, installation instructions or the right, whatever that you might, might need. I think that's also going to be pretty cool. Yeah, the contextual use of technology for this kind of thing. Yeah. Like just, yeah, there, there's a lot of times when they try and apply artificial intelligence to things and it really feels forced. And then every once in a while, you're like, okay, I'm setting up something new. So let's share the Wi-Fi password between devices or something like, <laughs> you know, the, those kinds of interactions that provide real moments of delight are, uh, are few and far between. And they could be even more substantial and frequent, hmm. one would think. But yeah. Well, I thank you so much for joining us on the show today and uh, and bringing your expertise. It's uh, it's been a real pleasure to have this conversation, and uh, I know I've really enjoyed it. I've uh, I've really enjoyed the insight, and um, I uh, I look forward to uh, seeing a, a new uh, leader in um, really amazing uh, roofing coming out of Iowa soon. Now that you're uh, working with them. Yeah, thank you guys. I really enjoyed chatting with you. You guys, I could talk to you guys all day, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to have you back on the show after you've helped launch this product. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. All right. All cheers. the best. All right. Well, thank you guys. Thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.